everyone, and welcome back to the Chayrach and Achyami Learning Program. You are listening to Sefer Yehoshua, Parak Yitzayin, with Yehoshua Eisenberg. And in this 17th Parak of Sefer Yehoshua, the Navi continues the discussion of the families of Yosef, the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. In Parak Tezayin, the Navi had discussed the lands inherited by Ephraim. And now in our Parak Yitzayin, we move over to Ephraim's older brother, Manasseh. And in this Parak, we find a couple of fascinating conversations that take place between Yehoshua, the leader of Klai Israel, of course, who himself descends from Ephraim, between him and some of the representatives of Sheva Menashe and other members of the family of Yosef. In the first such conversation, we find the Benos Tzalafchad, whom you might remember from Parshas Pinchas. Um, they were the five righteous daughters of the late Tzalafchad, and they were lobbying on behalf of their father to somehow inherit land in Eretz Yisrael on his behalf because Tzalafchad had no sons. They had no brothers who could inherit the land. And Chazal praised Libanos Tzalafchad as being, as being righteous and wise and bringing to light a new halacha that Moshe Rabbeinu himself did not know at the time until he spoke to Hashem about it. And that is that there was a way in which the Benos Tzalafchad could inherit land on behalf of their father. And in our parak, they simply approach Yoshua to remind him that this land was promised to them by Moshe. And without asking a question, without even such as responding, Yehoshua gives them over the land as promised. Now, Yehoshua is not exactly as immediately favorable to the other B'nai Yosef that approach him towards the end of our parak. They approach Yehoshua appealing for more land because their population was so large they felt that the land that they were in could not accommodate them. And Yehoshua's response is fascinating, and I believe that the B'nai Yosef's response is equally fascinating. And that is that Yehoshua responds by saying, well, I can't really give you any more land, apparently in the absence of any nevuah, in the absence of any promises from, from up above, um, they, they were not entitled to any more land. But says Yehoshua, you can cut down the forest land and just conquer the territory that's being occupied by Prezi and the Rafaim, and then you're home free. You could inherit that land. Interestingly enough, the Bnei Yosef initially declined on two counts. They say, one, that the land is insufficient. Apparently they felt that it wouldn't have been enough. And their second response is that the land was really too mighty to conquer because these people, they, they, they had uh, Merkavas, they had chariots of Barzel of iron. Very strange, very interesting. Uh, you might recall we spoke in Parakia to Aleph about the concept of chariots being a sign of military prowess. They say that the people in this territory, they have iron chariots, there's no way we're going to be able to conquer them. And Yehoshua's counter-response is as well, fascinating. Yehoshua does not bend to their will, he does not bend to their request, but he simply reiterates what he had told them, what they can take, what is available for them, and then he encourages them. He says, Menashe, Ephraim, work together, work alongside each other, you can conquer the land, despite the fact that they have iron chariots. And that's where the parak ends. Now, far be it for me to suggest um, what would be the flaw in the Bnei Yosef in their thinking, but I do want to share a couple of insights um, that I believe shed light on the response of Yehoshua. Again, in the absence of any divine um, instruction, what they were allowed to have, Yehoshua suggests what he does. And for now, I have a treat for you, um, as I'm going to share insights from my two uh, greatest teachers, Avi Umari and Rebbe Umari. Um, so my father likes to quote the Pasuk in Mishle, and I know we're not learning Mishle yet, and it'll be a while till we get there. Um, Parak Chavav, Pasuk Yed Gimel in Mishle, says that the Atzal, the lazy person, says that there is a shachal, a beast, a lion on the road. And my father asks a very basic question, and that is, well, one second, if there is a lion on the road, then he's got a good excuse that he's not leaving his house, why are we calling him lazy? And yet, if there is no lion on the road, well, then he's a lion. 
Uh-huh, get it? Well, he, he, if, if, he, if there's no lion on the road, then he's not just a lazy person, he's a liar. Why are we calling him a lazy person? And explains my father that apparently there is a lion on the road, but it's apparently a challenge that he should be able to overcome. Um, even though the, the, the excuse is there, but there is another way. If there's a will, there's a way. You'll somehow be able to get around this obstacle. In a similar vein, my Rebbe often quotes, my Rebbe of Yonason Sachs quotes the Medrash and Parson Yitzavim that says, um, that Torah is something that you can conquer, it's something within your reach, it's very close to you. So, so the Pasuk says that it's not far from you, however, says the Medrash, if you do feel that it's too far away from you, then it is from you, it's from your deficient mindset. You think that you're not able to conquer it and to overcome, you think the challenge is insurmountable, but you just haven't really tried hard enough. You can do it. And, and the same Medrash um, uh, quotes a, a scene of the Pikeach and the Tipesh, the man of vision and the fool, who both walk into a large building and they see a pastry hanging from the roof. They're both hungry. They don't know what to do. They're thinking about how to get it. The Tipesh, the fool, just walks out. He says, that's too high. I can't reach that. So he just leaves. Whereas the Pikeach says, listen, someone hung it there, so there must be a way to get it there. And he looks around until he finds a ladder, and then he's able to retrieve that, uh, that, that pastry so that he can eat it. And so the, the point is that when it comes to Torah, when it comes to any challenge that we are called upon to do, so then we're able to overcome it. We just have only, you know, in, again, in the absence of any magic wand, in the absence of any promises from Moshe Rabbeinu, from Hashem, Yehoshua says you have one option. You just got to, you know, roll up your sleeves and conquer the land. You can do it, and that's it. Hishtadlis and bitachon. Again, without, without, without any, any other kinds of, of solutions being offered to them externally, Yehoshua says you just got to do it yourselves. And again, he just reiterates it. He says you just, just do it. Yeah, you, 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 if, if it's something that you need, if it's something that you believe Hashem um, would give you, that you're entitled to it, so then you have to rely on Him and just go in and do the battle. You gotta put in the effort, the hishtalus, and then you gotta actually, um, you gotta actually have bitachon and Hashem that Hashem will make you successful. Don't give us an excuse that they're too mighty. You will overcome the iron chariots. Anyway, again, far be it for me to suggest that that. that um, the Bnei Yosef are not giving a valid excuse that they're being lazy or that they're being fools, uh, but the, but apparently um, the, you know they tried what they could in terms of requesting, and now it is not the time to request anymore. It's their time to get up and act, and again to have that bitachon and Hashem. Shkayach, we'll see you back here at, Pas- at Parak Yudchas.